it's ironic. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I'm Evelyn. And I'm Kyle. And this is Ironic, the show everyone's talking about, but they don't even know it. Today, we're paying homage to the Netflix sensation that's sweeping the nation. While we're all staying safe, healthy, and socially distant at home, we're also all becoming obsessed with the enigma that is Tiger King. Now, if you haven't watched Tiger King yet, go ahead and pause this episode. Go back, watch that first episode at least. Get yourself sucked into the story, sucked into what's going on, and then come back and listen to us. At least the first episode, because, I mean, it tells you right from the beginning exactly how it's going to end. Obviously, there's the trip in the middle that we're going to be talking about, though, so there is going to be some spoilers coming up. So make sure you just go back, pause it, watch it, come to us. Obviously, we're going to be spoiling it. But when I was first told about it, I had no interest in, like, watching it or anything. And Kyle's the one that brought it up and was like, let's just watch Tiger King. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen, like, all these, like, the memes, the people talking about it on Facebook, everything. So I'm like, all right, it's, like, it seems weird, whatever. Let's give it a try. Right, but I was like, why is this the thing that we're talking about? Like, we're quarantining. There's an international pandemic going on, like... Why is this what everyone is focusing their energy on? Yeah, so after watching the show, I think we found some of those answers for sure on mm-hmm. our own. Uh, maybe a little bit too from our internet, our internet research as well. Uh, but I mean, just from like my own thoughts on it, it was like as these bigger than life characters that you literally could not make up. I mean, <laughs> Joe Exotic, right? <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who has not watched it, Joe is he's from Oklahoma. Uh, he's gay. He's as hillbilly as they come, gun-toting, all about the Second Amendment, firing off ex- explosions everywhere, tigers, got the the sequin shirts, the blonde mullet, the piercings, tattoos, everywhere. Like, the guy is a literal walking show. Yeah, and I don't even think, like, him being gay or being flamboyant is even really addressed in the show other than, like, who he associates with romantically. Like, he just uses that as part of his, like, image. Like, his whole thing is how he loves his image. And he just uses it. And, like, he's gay. It's not super interesting. Like, at least now in our society, it's not a big deal. But it just, it's one more thing. And he runs with it as one, (laughs) it's just one little thing. And he just takes ownership of that and makes it out to be something huge. And surprise, surprise. There's other people in, like, the tiger-owning world, and this was going to shock a lot of people, but they're also extremely interesting characters. (laughs) Like, beyond what you would even expect, like, literally the best writers in the planet could all come together in a room and not make this story up. (laughs) You couldn't do it. There's mysteries. There's love. There's hate. Lots of hate. Mm. There's (laughs) cults. There's murder there's allegedly alleged murder (laughs) there's alleged hiring for murders right from like the second the show starts and if that's not going to catch your attention i don't know what what will um but you got it's also this interesting way to like look into this weird little piece of the world that none of us knew like we knew people owned tigers and we Mm -hmm. knew that this existed like i've You've seen the you know, advertisements on TV or you've seen billboards for them or whatever, but you don't think about who owns this tiger? <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like how, one, how did they get them? 
And two, what do they do with them? And like, what do their lives look like? And even though you never think about it, once someone says, hey, do you want to find out about the people who own tigers? You're like, well, yeah. Yeah, I kind of do. (laughs) It's this big secret that's obviously like, here's an obvious thing we should be asking questions about that you just never do. And now we now we finally did. And we're like, wow, uh, that kind of (laughs) sucks. This is incredible. And with all the other stuff going on in these tiger owners' lives, the tigers themselves might be the most tame part of the whole story. <laughs> right. Because by the end of it, they're not even really talking about the tigers anymore. And they kind of draw back to that at the very end of the series where they talk about, I mean, Saf, one of the characters in the the show, I she's not a character. He, he. Yeah, that's a big thing about the documentary. I guess we'll talk about now um, the misgendering of Saf, calling him Kelsey and going by feminine pronouns when they actually asked him when it was started what he wanted to go by. I don't know if you knew that, but they, that was one of the first questions they asked was, "What do you go by? Is it Saf or Kelsey?" And he said Saf, and that his pronouns were he him, and yet they put his name as Kelsey and referred to him as she, which is sad. But anyway. Um, but yeah, Saf was talking about at the end that Joe loved, loved, loved the tigers. That's what got him into it. But at the end, he wasn't even really, he didn't care. He didn't really care about them at all. It was all about him and his image, which is sad because we all started watching it for tigers. You're like, oh yeah, tigers. And then immediately you're jolted to, oh yeah, Joe, Carol, dog. Everyone, every character on that show has incredible stories and whether they're good or bad. And what's another weird thing about this show is it seems like at least from those main three, the way they're portrayed in the show, Joe, Carol and Doc are all the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But you still somehow find yourself cheering for one or two or maybe all three of them or maybe you hate all of them. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on how you took it. But like for me personally, like I find myself cheering for joe even though i know he's gonna go to prison for a murder for hire plot i know he's gonna go to prison for animal abuse yet i'm still like go joe go yeah it's just that kind of personality and it that's freaky to me because i'm like i'm the kind of person that's super judgmental which is not good but it's weird to sit there and be like this guy probably wanted to murder people and this guy has done a lot of shifty (laughs) stuff and there's very blatant evidence that he has committed fraud in multiple ways, but I just like him. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have this, and the main story is the hatred between Joe and Carol. Joe being the gun-toting, animal-owning, I'm going to sell tigers, I'm going to exploit the cubs, make money off of this, while still putting on a show and showing everyone that I love them. And then you have Carol on the other side from Big Cat Rescue, who's we sh- this should not be going on in the world. There should be no tigers being owned by anyone. All this stuff. While she owns tigers. While she owns tigers. And one that, that hate story they have is interesting in itself. But then they also have that third guy they talk to every now and then, Doc Antle, who, even though the show's not about him, they still give him enough that you're like, whoa, hold He's on. He's crazy. <laughs> Like, I wanted them to spend more time on him because every time they showed him, I hated him more. And I, I don't know. From the moment he introduced himself as Babagon, and I was like, 
mm, no. And they barely touched on that in the show. They were like, what is Babagon? And <laughs> and they casually say, it means God. Right. They're like, <laughs> it, it means you know the truth of the universe. And I'm like, not even that, though. Like, that's something that's appointed to you. Like, that title is something that you are gifted once you have knowledge of the world. It's not just something you call yourself. That's not how that works at all. And so the second he's like, I'm Doc Babagon, and I'm like, I don't know about you, buddy. And then it just keeps going even further. Exactly. And then you have that woman who used to work for him who came out and talked about how all of his employees are renamed, which is kind of obvious when you have names like Moksha there, which is, I'm not saying it's impossible that someone would name their kid Moksha, but you have Babagon and Moksha, you're gonna pair that together in some kind of way. And it wouldn't surprise me if Doc is the one that came up with those. No, not at all. Right. And just the fact that he has that creepy, like, sleep with me to get ahead vibe, which isn't super not, like, it's kind of apparent. Like, it kind of happens. But it's just very, it's portrayed to be very culty. And that, I think, is interesting, too, because when he's they're talking to him about the way he does things he immediately jumps to it's not a cult we're not a cult like oh we didn't say you were (laughs) but okay like but he it it seems like it is and he was just like the side piece the whole time and he was so he might have been crazier than joe like his whole operation yeah because he's i mean he's got not only his own tigers and all the animals. He's got probably more animals than Joe, it looked like, mm-hmm. and way more people involved who didn't come from the same walks of life as the people that mm-hmm. Joe brought into his life. Because you can tell from all three of them, they bring a very specific type of person mm-hmm. into their lives. Joe looking for you know people who have nowhere else to go. They've been to prison. They've been kicked out of their homes. They've been jailed. They've been arrested. They've been whatever. They've been drug abusers, whatever. Whatever the story was, if Joe says, hey, I see you're not going anywhere. You somehow ended up in Winnie Wood, Oklahoma. <laughs> you're never leaving, bud. Yeah. And then Doc has, like, these beautiful women around. Young who, and impressionable. Who are young and impressionable, who, you know, are kind of latching on to something. Mm-hmm. And then they talk then, about what's basically slave labor with how little they get paid. And they're malleable. Yeah. Uh, then Carol is kind of an in-between. <laughs> yeah. Where she does use quote-unquote slave labor but it's under the guise of guys of volunteer work yeah, volunteer work for years at a time yeah and you have to go through stages where you get like your what you start in a blue shirt or yellow shirt yeah, some kind of colored shirt and you work up to another color shirt and that means you've been there forever or whatever yeah and it just means you have more responsibility for the same amount of money <laughs> which was none <laughs> it's, it's zero guys but it's just it's weird that they all do the same thing, but so different. And you just, you have them all mixed up in between <laughs> each other. And Doc is in here given information about each group, which is probably why they threw him in the documentary, because he has so many right, inside facts. Them. Right. And that's another thing about the Tiger community is you have those people all over the country, but they all know each other's secrets. Because who else, <laughs> who else are you going to buy a Tiger from? Like there's yeah, you don't go to Walmart for the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have four options pretty much. And so Doc actually spoke out after this was done, saying that he didn't even want to be portrayed as part of that feud, the one between Joe and Carol, where they're bickering about, you know, Joe can't have 
tigers and Carol's a hypocrite and needs to leave him alone. Um, but he's, he specifically said that's not what he wanted to talk about. He wanted to talk about himself. I kind of wanted to hear about himself. And honestly, the way they portrayed it in the documentary, it, it seemed like he wanted to just talk about him. That's that's actually really true. And then about portrayals in the documentary, most people who were interviewed on the show said or claimed that they weren't aware of the show's actual premise until after it aired. So they had no idea that it was going to be about this. Like, Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, like they had no idea it was going to be about like Joe and Carol and the murder for hire thing they thought it was going to be like a what they called it was like a blackfish documentary oh that would make sense but like in, in a story about like the whales for blackfish wouldn't then most of the questions have been about like the tigers like wouldn't you know like oh like you're asking about the alleged murder of my husband what does that have to do with with the tigers yeah and i mean that's carol kind of claimed that she was lied to and let on but at the same time producers responded to these claims and they said they had no way of knowing where the show would go from where they started that was their response <laughs> you know that's totally fair considering <laughs> the, the producers started he started in the show saying like i was just hanging out with like a reptile dealer and i ran into someone who, uh, who owned a lynx or something right yeah no he was like you want to see the snow leopard i have in my freaking yeah, van snow leopard. And he's like yeah like sure like of course i want to see the snow leopard in your van and that led him down this much deeper rabbit hole than I think he could have ever imagined. Yeah, that's true. So, like, yeah, that's, that, I guess that's totally fair that if he went into it with, like, a, I'm just going to check out Tigers and then Joe Exotic pops up. <laughs> I can see where, you know, your original plan's going to take a bit of a left turn. Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, still just playing devil's advocate because I just thought of it. I mean, at the point where you get into the Joe Exotic and you're asking the questions to people about the Tigers and about you know, the secrets at that point. I mean, you got to have some idea that this documentary is going to be a little salacious, you know? Anyway, <laughs> I, I just think there's, there's probably a little something more on both ends about that. But Carol, even on her big cat rescue, like website for her organization, she made an entire huge long blog post titled refuting netflix tiger king so she was not happy with how she was portrayed in here and can't which, say i blame her yeah which is fair pretty sure we all think she murdered her husband based off of how they portrayed him but i've been saying this since the beginning tell me there's not one person you wouldn't feed to a tiger i i don't know if there is one you're a saint but i mean i feel like if i could get away with feeding someone to a tiger hypothetically I mean, she was very specific about the sardine oil and everything, but your girl's got to do what your girl's got to do. That's that's all I'm saying. I, there's e I don't know. I want to say there's easier ways, but there are cleaner ways. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not cleaner in the fact that, like she, if she did it, she certainly has not been caught. Mm -hmm. but, that's pretty clean. <laughs> but there are ways that don't go bad for you <laughs> but at the same time though that seems to be something that would have been looked into and i get that they couldn't look at the meat grinder and things like that but how are we saying that his body's in the septic tank but he was also fed to a tiger at the same time well, i mean that's how that's how rumors work right like... right but there's certainly there can't be credit to it if, or the police department would have found something like a shoe like something 
I don't know, because I mean, with how much time there was between everything, like, she had more than enough time to figure everything out that I think she needed to in that moment. If you were going to murder someone, having the cops leisurely stroll towards you to check out what's going on is kind of an advantage and see listen to us talking we're not even talking about the tigers yeah exactly (laughs) we're talking about a guy getting fed to a tiger which is so another reason that i'm like on the fence with all these armchair detectives trying to like solve the crime and prove carol is guilty she's also at the same time trying to defend herself to an extent that makes me feel suspicious about it because on her blog like she literally had a whole section dedicated to why she worried about activating the power of attorney in her ex-husband's the one that died in his will because there was a whole remember that whole thing on the show where they were like you know she said in his will once she took over that it would also activate in case of his, quote, disappearance, not just his death. Mm-hmm. And the attorney in the show was specifically like, that is, I've never seen that before in my life. And she specifically mentioned it and said that the reason she wrote that was because Don, her husband, had some shifty stuff going on in Costa Rica with, like, essentially the Costa Rican tiger mafia. And she was worried that something might have happened because of that. And so she specifically wrote disappearance because quote unquote, it made perfect sense in this situation, given what I was told by Don and the dealings in Costa Rica at the time. And it's just kind of like, that's a lot. And either, (laughs) either she has perfect alibis and explanations and it just looks really bad or she's thought this all the way through. See, like, just thinking of that, me personally, in my dealings with the uh, Costa Rican Tiger Mafia, they're <laughs> nothing but wonderful people. <laughs> they're a loving and welcoming community, and not one of them has ever gone missing except, get this, Don. <laughs> what do you know about the Costa Rican Tiger Mafia? I just gave you a lot about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, you were going to bring this up the fact that there's so many crazy things going on in the documentary but there's so many things happening after the documentary like people had investigated these people a little more because they were interested and they were like hey here's a bunch of stuff (laughs) that wasn't in the documentary ton more like a second documentary's worth of stuff like we haven't even named this guy yet but jeff lowe who shows up in the show Mm. He's there to basically save the save the zoo from all of the financial trouble they're in with their legal battle with Carol. And we hadn't even mentioned his name yet. And he's this entire character who, like, the second you meet him on the show, you, the way they show him, you're like, I, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem like a good conversation for me to be having. But they don't even touch. They mention that he's been in legal trouble before. But get this, y'all. He was in a legal battle with prince (laughs) prince yeah the musician prince over he allegedly used um prince's symbols on some merchandise and was selling it so he was like copying his trademarks or whatever (laughs) like what how do you get in a world where you are having a legal battle against prince (laughs) and that's not even like the most dirty thing he's alleged of doing Mm. another one is he had a federal mail fraud (laughs) he was 
sending out mail to people claiming to be um, some sort of domestic abuse charity. Uh, charity. Yeah, yeah, charity. And he managed to somehow get like a million dollars worth of merchandise through this. And then he just resold it for profit, allegedly. I will remind you, allegedly. <laughs> and that's insane on its own. Like, those are, like, obviously, if you're Joe Exotic, you're not checking that deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to look at 2008, 2007, you're whatever. You're probably not going to look at 2019 in 2020. <laughs> oh, <we could> go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. But as as this guy coming in... He, you know, he shows off, I've got the nice car, I've got the big houses in Vegas, I'm a, mm. a player, a swinger, I got everything, you know, and he comes in and he's showing off all this stuff, and Joe's just like... Sounds right. Yeah, oh, great timing, my dude. Like, <laughs> you were here right as we needed you, that was incredibly convenient. A millionaire? Great. <laughs> Perfect. And he didn't even have money. Yeah, he just faked it all enough to swindle Joe out of a zoo, which like... I mean, good for him, I guess. That's a huge thing I have a problem with, too, in the documentary, though, is that they keep talking about Jeff stole the zoo, Jeff stole the zoo. Joe gave it to him. Yeah, that's the (laughs) biggest. It's like, that's something that was kind of completely left out at first. They finally, like, talked about it. but And the reason Joe gave him the zoo is because he was committing fraud on so many other things (laughs) that he couldn't have his name on the zoo anymore. Right, like... Well, it was because of the lawsuit with Carol. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of stuff owed to her. And so, yeah, the only way to not owe it, cool. quote, was to give the zoo to Joe or Jeff so that it's not Joe's to own and give anymore. But then they also talk about, like, they did that for a lot of the staff members, though. Like, their mm-hmm. names were all over everything to the point that they didn't know who owned what until it hit Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Joe's mother was a huge part of it. He put her name on most of his stuff and Carol wanted his parents' house. Yeah, Joe's which, parents' house. That that was definitely a part being a southern guy. Mm. That part really, really made me not like Carol and I, I didn't like her anyways. I was always on Team Joe to begin with. I'm not gonna lie, I'm seriously Team Carol and I'm probably gonna get a <laughs> lot of hate for this. Like I'm probably gonna get a lot. But there's there's a part of me that they they call her a hypocrite, and she is in a way because she started out breeding cats. Yeah, she bred them and sold them and did yeah. the pettings and all that stuff, too. She so did. Like... But then she kind of educated herself. And that's something that I think is, I think it's more commendable to be a bad person and overcome it than to just be an inherently good person. But, like, what's the difference between what she's doing with the cats that she has and what Joe's doing? So now, I mean, she really does profit off of cats and big cats of course but she does want to stop the breeding that is a problem and she does use it her place as a sanctuary and the part of me that wants to play devil's advocate is that yeah all of her tigers are in cages and yeah they don't have the best living conditions as they would in the wild but these are all tigers that can't go back to the wild anyway and what are we going to do with them put them down put them in more zoos breed them again where else are they going to go? I mean, at the very least, she can make the argument of like, hey, all you other like tiger owning, big cat owning, like give them better conditions. She's not making that argument. She's making give them away, like don't own them anymore while she's owning them. <laughs> like, yes, technically they're as free as they can be in those cages and she couldn't sell them or whatever. But like those are her tigers. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just, I still think it comes down to the breeding and the policy thing that she's in there in the offices asking for legislation that's going to hurt her business. Because if they're looking at her more carefully and looking at the way she does things, there's going to be regulations that cost her money. And I'm sure she has such a close relationship because she's trying to avoid that at all costs. I'm not going to say she doesn't have selfish motives because it's very obvious that she does. But well, not to go down a rabbit hole, but it's going to cost her donors money. She's not going to, I guarantee yeah. you in that case, she's not going to lose money. She'll find it. Well, she's a smart woman. I'll give her that. And her husband, as much as he creeped me out in the, in the documentary, <laughs> they're smart people. They will find the tax loopholes. They yeah. will do whatever they got to do as a nonprofit. And there's nothing wrong with being in a nonprofit. I work in one. That's true. But, but you have a degree in yeah. nonprofits. <laughs> but there are certainly ways that it's not going to hurt either of them financially when those things happen. Yeah, and the then, donors will eat it, and they'll they'll keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, and I I do have to say that it is better for her if all of the other places get shut down. Oh, for sure. That's more visitors to her place. Yeah. That's more donations to her place. Yes, yeah, she's doing good things with it i suppose but it does seem like there's a little bit of a luxurious lifestyle there that yeah could be being kind of funded by that that could also be the money from her first husband uh i don't know uh won't allege that she's mishandling uh nonprofit funding but it just <laughs> it's it's all very fishy looking from the way they portrayed it i think and i'm gonna be honest i think i just like that she posts really mundane pretty stupid videos about the lives of the cats <laughs> oh my gosh and it's a, it, that was another part that always tickled me during the show was how joe dog yes all of them whenever they recorded anything like even in joe's music videos when he's like <laughs> standing on that truck like even like i don't know if he was actually standing on a truck or not in the video in, in real time but even that looked see like fake, like yeah. it was a green screen, and they all did that. Yeah, but, the green screen and effects stuff. <laughs> like I, I get that their world is tigers; it's not making videos. But like I mean, talking about the kind of money Joe said they had bring it, they were bringing in. You think they could afford a good like video, a graphic design, yeah. or whatever? They had whatever. a studio right. on the zoo. <laughs> And even the that manager guy, the old dude, the producer, remember, the producer, yeah, even him. Even his stuff looked, like, cheap and, like, lazy. Well, that's the thing, too, is that producer... So the producer we're talking about isn't the producer for the documentary. It's the producer for Joe. Because he came on Tiger King back in, what, 2016? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, 2015, 2016. And wanted to make a reality show mm. out of Joe. Which I think would have been the best oh, been TV show since... Orange is the New Black. I mean, like, it, it would have been great. Then like, New Housewives of Atlanta, it would beat it out. It would beat out <laughs> like, The Bachelor. Like, 20 times over. Yeah. Just from the absurdity. And if Joe didn't have, like, breakdown after breakdown, like, <laughs> he'd probably be a pretty rich guy right now because yeah. of that show. And the fact that the producer came in and said, I'm going to make your stupid little YouTube videos. And I think he was making it kind of stupid on purpose. So that he could That's put true. his money and resources into what to he wanted. the good wanted. stuff. That yeah. makes sense. But still, I even feel bad for, in the course, looking at um, who Joe is as a person. It makes total sense that they'd say this. But um, I can't remember where the article was. But they said someone had interviewed him now that the show's been out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's got all this fame. And like one of the first things he said was, I, you know, I just wish I was out there to see 
all these people like and how famous i am now it's like yeah. after watching the show you're like man you were you have been in prison for a year and a half and you were the exact same person you were when yeah. you went in there yeah I, it's craziness <laughs> and that's still incredibly enough we're still leaving out even more stuff that the show did not include. Yeah, we went on and like started doing research because we figured we might as well make everything accessible to you guys and give you all the good dirty details. But there's literally just too much. And some of it is, I can understand why it was left out because it does get really dark. And I mean, the show gets dark at points, but it goes beyond the show. And I'll just leave that to you guys to find. But the like one of the most minor players what was his name like they interviewed him a couple times he's he's a guy that always sat next to the truck oh um jeff johnson jeff johnson yeah you, like what was going on with him you found something that was going on with him yeah he had started uh some sort of like online campaign that was calling joe and jeff Lowe frauds and of course joe and jeff Lowe retaliated online and then mysteriously, shortly thereafter this campaign starts, Jeff Johnson's house burns down. Jeez. And that's just interesting because arson is something they covered in the documentary before on Jeff on Joe's property. Mm-hmm. Where he burned his own stuff. Well, see, that's the thing is he's, he keeps saying he didn't burn his own stuff. But at that point, I think he was crazy enough to do it. And if... Jeff Johnson's house burned down. If that's his modus operandi, and I mean he did not seem upset about those alligators because the studio that burned down was also the alligator yeah, enclosure, yeah. and he just used that like he uses him being gay and him mm-hmm. having guns and all like he used it for his advantage. Rally around our alligators that got mysteriously killed. Yeah, and it's just, and he immediately immediately called out Carol. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't try to figure out who it was. I mean, if even if I had an arch nemesis, if someone burned down something on my property, I would open an investigation into it way more than just saying, I know who did this. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, you've never had your house burned down and never had your, <laughs> never had your studio full of uh, tiger filming <laughs> burned down. And alligators. It's just, it's a lot. And another, like, a cool thing about Joe for some people, is his polygamy. And that's something that's very, like, open in this tiger documentary. Like, most people are polygamist in this, like, tiger owner thing. Doc? Yeah, the, the, like, head people. Yeah. yeah. And then, who's, uh, the guy with the monkey that has his zoo. He owns a wildlife preserve, and he went in on it with, um... Jeff Lowe? He went in on it with Jeff Lowe. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. It's, I'm blanking. Yeah, I can't remember it either. I'll look it up later. But... That guy even, as soon as he found out that, you know, Doc was doing some polygamy stuff because he was seen in with multiple girls, his first thing was, I want that too. (laughs) Sign me up. Yeah. Get me a tiger. Get me two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's not that there's anything wrong with polygamy because I think it can be great if it's not forced, but there is an element of cults that tends to pull in Mm -hmm. that idea of sleep with me, become bonded to me, move on and get another. And it turns into a Share our life that revolves around me. Yeah. (laughs) The tiger man. Yeah, (laughs) the Bhavagon. And just being center of all of that. And that's, I feel like that's 
one thing that can make these people even like do even crazier things. Just not that it's polygamy, but it's polygamy as a result of someone trying to have control. That kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and Joe, he's had multiple husbands that weren't even touched on in the documentary. Like his first husband, um he's the one that got them in Brian was his first husband, allegedly. That <laughs> Got him into tigers. They adopted two random tigers from being abandoned, right? In a backyard. And that's how it all started. They just saw, they had two tigers that they adopted. And then it went on and on. But Joe was doing this beforehand. But then also all of his husbands that they touched on in the documentary and that they, like, talked about. Yeah. Identify as mostly straight. Which is interesting to me. Because you think as someone... So I identify as straight. I don't think that I would get married to a woman. I mean, I'm obviously married to you. I'm married to a man. <laughs> but and they it's one thing to be straight identifying. It's another thing to be fluid. You know, and they don't claim to have any mm-hmm. bisexual fluidity at all. They say that I'm straight. I am very straight. And, but yet you see them kissing Joe. Yeah. See them hugging up on him, being very affectionate with him. Right. And it's it's that's something that is interesting because if they're not fluid and they are not interested in Joe in those ways, what's keeping them there? You know? And they kind of touched on it in the documentary. They kind of said it was like drugs and money, but I don't know if that's enough for most people. To, yeah, for, for as many the people. The life they were living there, too. Because it's not like it was a glamorous life. Like they were working hard. You know? Like, I mean, I guess it said Travis in the. In the video, he didn't really do much work around. He did more of, like, just hanging out on his ATV, shooting guns, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, at least for me personally, like, that's not enough to make me think, I can deal with being married to a gay man. Like, that's not who I'm attracted to. And it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with being attracted to a gay man if you were a gay man. But just thinking, like, that is not the lifestyle. I would change. Right. And it just... it shocks me that it's mostly straight men. It's not any bisexual or gay men. No. It's just, that's something different. Another thing we wanted to talk about were all of the conspiracies <laughs> that came up as a result of this show. I don't think we're even going to have enough time to cover it all. <laughs> we picked out, I think, three that were just ones that aren't touched on much and ones that we had to really dig for to get information. Um, and one of the ones that interested me the most was that in the documentary, Carol um, has a restraining or- order that they video- they show the mm. restraining order that her ex-husband Don, the one who died, filed against her. And she says that that never happened. That that document doesn't exist. There was no filing for it. The fight that caused it never happened. And yet you have Don's whole family saying it did. And there is a video. Right, like you, like I saw it in yeah. the video. So what's that document if it's not a restraining order? That's just something that that confuses me because it makes me wonder... Because I do believe the producers were a little shifty. Because to be a producer, you kind of have to lead the narrative. <laughs> but I don't know how shifty they would be. Yeah. Because well, there's... you're dealing with people who are 
in a market of shifty and sketchy mm-hmm. dealings anyway maybe just being around that for that long maybe you start <laughs> to kind of take on that persona a little learn bit. how to do it <laughs> but it's i just i'm stuck on this concept because carol is a smart woman if nothing else she's smart and she knows how to navigate social media and she knows how to navigate media relations oh for sure absolutely and i don't think she's dumb enough to say that there's something that exists i don't think she's dumb enough to refute something like that right because like that's an easy thing to go find yeah like anybody who wants to go to that or call up that government and ask like you could probably find it pretty easily yeah and there were uh, and it makes me think because there were other things mentioned in the documentary that talked about other people mostly on joe's zoo the convictions that mm-hmm. other people had And when they were talking about, I think it was Jeff Johnson they were talking about, when they said, I'm sure he has convictions, they showed on the documentary pictures of his crime report, but no one said that he for sure had convictions. So was it a crime report or was it not? I don't know. This, uh, yeah. It's it's incredible how easy it is to go down these rabbit holes and, and I'll point it out again. We haven't talked about the tigers <laughs> we haven't. in like 10 minutes. Like, How crazy of a story is this that half of the name <laughs> of the title you basically ignore? Yeah. And it's there's so much. And then you saw, so we talked about how the end, a huge part of the reason it doesn't talk about tigers is because at the end it kind of says like, don't try to save the tigers in cages, you know, like donate to the wild. Like, tigers need to be in the wild, focus on conservation in the wild, and yada yada. And it also sets it up so that there is no resolution to anything. It's very investigative, gives you tons and tons of stuff to look at, but it makes no conclusions at all. But allegedly, according to Jeff Lowe, I uh, saw this in a Fox News article, he actually claims there's going to be another episode dropping supposedly this week. So... Maybe we'll get some of the answers we're looking for. I'd be willing to bet we don't. Yeah. No, <laughs> Jeff Lowe claims it's coming on the week of, what, 4-10, April 10th? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it makes sense because the documentary was set up and it looks like, you know when someone, like, makes a movie to make the sequel? Mm, it that, that looks like, at the end. yeah, <laughs> it looks pre-sequel. And I can totally see something coming. But for it to come so fast while it hasn't right, died that, down yet. Yeah, that turn. Well, even just the turnaround time to mm-hmm. like make the story of that episode or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's going to cover some of this stuff that we kind of touched on here. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love some answers. Yeah. Especially because the, there's so much to these background characters. You could make entire episodes on background characters. Yeah. That's it. Um,. One conspiracy we wanted to talk about was less of a conspiracy and more of a misconception. A lot of people were talking about how the case of Carol's ex-husband, Don, was reopened. Um, And it it wasn't. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, The case was literally never closed. Which Uh, they said that in the show. Yeah, exactly. It's still an open case. And Don, he is still, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but he's still registered as a missing adult male. And he's registered as a missing person. And so the only reason his will is in effect is because he is missing. Mm-hmm. Not because he has been 
deemed dead. He's not pronounced dead. dead. Well, he is legally by legally, a judge. Yes, but yeah. but the the investigation hasn't accepted the judge the judge's ruling because it the ruling only happened because of a timeline. It didn't mm-hmm. happen because of right. But that's a big thing. And the sheriff, the reason this whole thing came to a oh my gosh, the case is reopened is the sheriff of that county took advantage of the controversy of the show and he just made a face a Twitter post plea like making a plea for new leads pretty much it was just like if you have any information on this case let us know which i think is smart and it would be stupid not to i mean if you have an active ongoing case it's great that they're still interested in it because it's been years i think it's dumb not to take advantage of the hype and i just think it turned into something that it it wasn't made a bigger story out of something that like was already a story that just never had its ending yeah i mean because there's so many things to talk about with this we don't need to talk about a cold case being opened because it's not it's just a cold case (laughs) (laughs) not but not a closed case but not a closed case um but just to kind of wrap up one thing i want to think about is and this has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> it has everything here just to do with the tigers because they haven't gotten any of the t- attention in this story. Right. I, I, I'm wondering how, one, how you get to be the owner of tigers, and two, how do you even take care of them? Right. Like, one. Like, one tiger is too many tigers. <laughs> because there's so much money. They were talking about how it's $2,000, and no one in Joe's Zoo looked particularly rich. No, not at all. And I get it. It's how you spend the money, not how you make your money that mm-hmm. keeps you in. I know all about See, that. like they were throwing it away just as quick as they were Yeah, it, yeah. But at the same time, like, where do you... Because it seems you get a tiger. Great. You have a, a tiger. I don't know how you take care of it once you have it. Yeah. Where do you go to training for that? Yeah, but no one stops there. They get another tiger and another tiger and then a snow leopard and then just all these random animals. And like, what is it about tigers that one tiger is too many tigers? It's like a drug, though, it looks like. Yeah. And it's weird because I love cats. You know that. I'm obsessed with cats. We have two cats. If literally when we were actually researching for this podcast, I think we were filming our introduction. Mm -hmm. One of our cats got hurt. Kopi, for those of you who know us, and he's fine. He's just really dramatic. But he got hurt. He cut himself, and I lost my mind. Right. <laughs> and the two of us together, you know, trying to bandage him up and get him get him fixed up was a pain on its own. Yeah, there was... Imagine an 800-pound cat. <laughs> there's video of them, like, sewing up tigers, like, suturing tigers and doing veterinary work. We're like... They don't have a veterinary degree. They've probably, the first time they sewed up a tiger was probably the first time they ever did anything <laughs> medical. And it's just like, I can barely put a gauze on my 14-pound cat. Like, And he was pissed the whole time. No, too. we ended up taking it off because he kept messing with it. Like, how do you tell a tiger, don't mess with your bandage? <laughs> right, like, you can't really just kind of, you know, push his claws to the side. Like, he's he can rip you in half. Yeah. The second he or she feels like it. And it's just the concept. I think that's what draws people in at first. Just the danger. That, just the concept. Yeah, the danger of there's this cute, cuddly little tiger, and then it grows up. and But now it's not cute and cuddly anymore, so you get another cuddly one. But you're already emotionally attached to the one that's not cuddly anymore. <laughs> you can't anymore. get rid of them. Who's going to take a grown tiger? <laughs> well, no, they did. They sold a bunch of tigers. Like, 
they were still kind of pups, but they weren't like baby babies. Right. Well, like just thinking of like you and me, if we were trying to sell a tiger, like what we're going to do, put them on Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's crazy too, is that there's a whole black market for tigers. Uh, We're not going to dive any more, any deeper into this. (laughs) Uh, One thing I do want to mention is that when I was doing an internship in Oklahoma, actually drove by that billboard that they show at the very beginning one of the first things and joe's I remember, billboard yeah joe's billboard the joe exotic there he is with the tiger that picture you've seen everywhere of him posing beside the tiger he's got the blue sequin shirt on all that mm-hmm. his beautiful mullet and everything <laughs> drove by that and i remember thinking because you were going to come at the end of the summer to come see me yeah. was i should take evelyn there and then I, I kept seeing the sign and the more i looked at it, the more i was like I feel like if I take her there, it's going to make her sad. And I, I think I was right. But we're curious to hear from people who have been to any of these mm-hmm. uh, been to any of these places, whether it was Joe's, Big Cat Rescue, uh, Doc Antles, any of them. So leave us comments on Facebook or on Instagram at Ironic Podcast. Tell us what you saw. Tell us what you did. Maybe the connections you have to these people. Or what you didn't do because it would have made your girlfriend sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so leave us the comments on there. Tell us about it. Tell us what you think. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Do that on Facebook or Instagram at Ironic Podcast or on Twitter at Ironic underscore podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Yeah, and send us your stories about Carol and Joe, like what your sides are or what your sides are not. Give us a good old fashioned email at ironicpodcast at gmail. I promise I'll read all your stories. And as always, <laughs> send us in the memes, folks. The memes. Goodbye. <laughs>